0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to our Sunday morning worship service. My name is DJ Martin, church pastor here at Parker Ford Church. It's so good to have you with us today. Today we are beginning a brand new series. As we wrap up 2020 and begin uh, 2021, we're starting a new series about faith that we're calling Costly Faith. And we're going to be in this series over the next several months, leading right up to Easter season. It's one thing for us to have faith when things are going well in our lives, it's another thing for us to be a people of faith. When when there's pain or there's turmoil or trauma going on, so over the past uh, several years here at Park of our Church, we've spent some time unpacking the Greek word pistis, which is translated into English as faith. Faith is more than just an intellectual knowledge or mental assent to a certain set of doctrines though it does contain elements of these things. At its core, faith is a posture of the soul towards God that is founded upon steadfast allegiance and loyalty. And so that's what this series is going to be all about. And today we're going to be looking at the famous passage in Hebrews chapter 11 where it lists all of these wonderful saints who were filled with faith and had a steadfast allegiance towards God. Throughout this morning, we want to invite you to engage The the topics and the questions that'll come up, your cue to get ready to have a conversation will be the flowers and leaves that show up on your screen. When you see flowers or leaves on your screen, that's your chance to pause the video, have a conversation with those you're with, or if you're by yourself, to get out a pencil and paper and write down your thoughts or questions or do some journaling or personal reflection throughout the morning. This morning, we're beginning a new practice in this series, which is we want to memorize some verses together. So the first several weeks of this series, we're going to be working on Hebrews eleven six, which says, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So we're gonna memorize together this beautiful verse from Hebrews 11 about faith. So for the next few moments, whether you're by yourself or with your family, I'd invite you to pause the video here and for just two minutes, read this verse out loud and work on memorizing it together. We'll do this again over the next couple weeks and hopefully within the next month, we'll have this verse memorized together as a community. So pause the video here and work on the verse together. As we continue our service today for the call to worship, I've invited one of our elders here at Parker Church, Carol Deering, to come and lead us in the reading of God's word. So she's gonna invite you to stand and she'll be reading from Psalm chapter 40, verses one to
1: five. Please stand for the reading of the scripture, Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Oh, the joys of those who trust the Lord who have no confidence in the proud or in those who worship idols. Oh, Lord, my God, you have performed many wonders for us. Your plan for us are too numerous to list. You have no equal. If I tried to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. Pause here and think about what is faith? Why is it so important in our relationship with God? What are some of the differences and similarities between faith, belief, and hope? Let's take some time to think about those questions.
0: Today as we begin our new series on faith, Costly Faith is the name of the series because we're looking at what it means to have faith when it costs us something, it's maybe easy for us to have a, be a person of faith when everything is going well and things are just like we want them to be. Um, but faith, when when the rubber meets the road having faith can be a different thing. So we're going to be exploring that over the next several months, talking about faith and looking at it. And today's uh, teaching is really just to get a working definition of what faith is, and specifically the Greek word pistis, which is translated into our English scriptures often with the English word faith. And then we're going to be looking at that working definition. We're going to apply it to the famous faith passage in Hebrews Chapter Eleven. So before we move forward with the morning's teaching, let's pray and invite the Holy Spirit to teach us, to guide us, to illuminate us, uh, our hearts, and to help shape our understanding of what it means to be a person of faith. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that you have not left us without witness. You have uh, given us the scriptures and you have imparted to us your Holy Spirit which lives inside of us, which bears witness to who you are and teaches us how to be a person of faith, a person of hope, a person of love, a person who bears the fruit of the Spirit as we abide in you and seek to walk in you. And so today, as we explore what it means to be a person of faith and and try to work towards a, a definition according to the scriptures of what faith is, we invite you to teach us and shape our minds. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. A popular narrative among atheists and skeptics, especially on the popular level, is the idea that Christians and believers of other faith uh, traditions in general are kind of these mindless zombies who check their brains at the door. You've maybe heard a narrative like this or a story like this. Faith is believing something without proof, right? Which is, you know, in the eyes of the world, a sort of dumb and stupid thing to do, believing without proof. But is that what having faith actually means or requires? Do we have to check our intellects at the door, our minds at the door when we become a Christian? Is faith just foolishly believing in something we hope might be true but we're not sure because we can't see it? That's what this new series is all about. We're exploring the meaning and purpose, the substance, as the writer of Hebrews chapter 12 says, of what faith is. We'll do that throughout the series by looking at the costly nature of faith. Once again, it's one thing to say we have faith when everything is going well, but it's another thing to walk faithfully or filled with faith Through trials and suffering. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to be looking at stories from both the Old Testament and New Testament about the faith of those who have gone before us when it was costly. Today we're doing a little bit of a word study on the Greek word pistis. To start this word study, I'm actually going to read from. N.T. Wright's biography on the Apostle Paul that he published a few years ago. The title of the book is simply Paul, a Biography. And it's written by the New Testament theologian N.T. Wright. And he has this section towards the beginning of the book where he explores briefly this word pistis that's translated faith because it's so vital to understanding who Paul was as an apostle, who Paul was as a person in order to get inside of his mind and understand his writings, you have to understand pistis. You have to understand this word faith. Now Paul didn't invent the word faith. He didn't invent the word pistis. And in Greek it had a long tradition of usage by non-Christians. And so he takes this Greek word that has this um, plethora of meanings and he sort of accommodates it into Christianity and gives it a new range of meanings. And it's really important to understand that the word pistis has a range of meanings. So there's no single English word that can capture what it means. Now in most major English translations like the NIV or the ESV or NLT or other big translations, typically the writers will or the translators will use the English word faith um, for the the Greek word pistis. But a lot of New Testament scholars are a little bit uncomfortable with this because it has a fuller meaning than just the English word faith. And so that's what I want to do, some of the hard work of understanding this. We're going to start with this quote from N.T. Wright. Um, In his book, Paul, a biography, he says this about the word pistis. Here we run into the kind of problem that meets all serious readers of Paul. One obvious Greek term for loyalty is one of Paul's favorite words, pistis, regularly translated faith, but often carrying the overtones of faithfulness, reliability, and yes, loyalty. The word pistis could mean faith in the sense of belief, but pistis could also point to the personal commitment that accompanies any genuine belief, in this case, that Jesus was now Lord the world's rightful sovereign. Hence, the term means loyalty or allegiance. This was what Caesar demanded from his subjects. For Paul, the word meant all of that, but also much more. For him, this believing allegiance was neither simply a religious stance nor a political one. It was altogether larger in a way that our language, like Paul's, has difficulty expressing clearly. For him, this pistis, this heartfelt trust and allegiance to the God revealed in Jesus was the vital marker, the thing that showed whether someone was really part of this new community or not. Did you catch that? Pistis, faith, this steadfast believing allegiance was the vital marker that showed whether someone belonged to Christ or did not. So faith, pistis, what is it? It certainly means trust, as in a trusting belief in the Lord. This word also means faithfulness, as in faithfulness to God or the faithfulness of God, just as God is faithful towards us. One of the defining characteristics of God that he says to Moses when he passes by him in that famous Exodus passage is he says, the Lord, um, slow to get angry and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Faith also, this word pistis also means reliability, as in um, it's comparable to faithfulness or trustworthiness. It means loyalty or fidelity to Jesus as both Christ the Messiah and Lord, true king, ruler of the universe. Faith also means belief. Yes, in the popular sense of understanding faith, it does mean belief. A genuine personal commitment, including confessional and mental agreement to Jesus' teaching. It also means a heartfelt trust and allegiance. That's a whole lot of meaning to pack into one single Greek word. And so we have to do some work to understand what this word means. And English translations that just use the word faith to translate uh, the Greek word pistis sometimes cut short its range of meaning because it means all of these things in context. And so a working definition that I'm going to propose for us as we go through this series, and we'll add to it and chew on it a little bit as we look at various examples of faith when it costs, looking at Old Testament and New Testament examples. So here's a working definition for us. Faith is a trusting belief in the faithfulness of God founded upon a steadfast and loyal allegiance to the Messiah. Let me read that one more time. Faith is a trusting belief in the faithfulness of God founded upon a steadfast and loyal allegiance to the Messiah. To be a person of faith means that yes, you believe You hope for what is unseen. Yes, there's a component of of hoping um, for the impossible or hoping for that which God has said is possible, but we experience in humanity as impossible. Yes, that is part of what it means to be a faithful person or be a person of faith. But to be a person of faith also means that we have a steadfast and loyal allegiance towards our king. And when we start to talk about a steadfast and loyal allegiance towards our king, then we can start to understand that faith doesn't necessarily mean that we believe everything perfectly or have all of our doctrine exactly perfect or, or something like that. Faith means that we have a loyalty and a fidelity in our love and our purpose and our bent towards God, meaning that we are holding on to him even as he has held on to us. Again, yes, it means that we believe in him. Yes, it means that we trust in his word, but it also means that we have a loyalty towards him, and allegiance towards him. So let's take this working definition and let's apply it to the famous passage in Hebrews chapter 11 for just a few moments here. We're not going to go over the whole chapter, there's not enough time for that, so we're going to look at just the first few examples of people of faith and then we're going to skip to the end of the chapter at the end of our sermon. The writer of Hebrews says this, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. There's an assurance to it or if you memorized this verse in the King James, it's the substance of things hoped for. In other words, you can touch it. Faith is something that you can actually touch and hold, um, hold on to, even while you cannot yet see it. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Remember, it's a steadfast allegiance and loyalty towards our Messiah, towards our Lord. Verse 2, for by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was made out of things was not made out of things that are visible. Verse four, "'By faith, Abel offered to God "'a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, "'through which he was commended as righteous, "'God commending him by accepting his gifts, "'and through his faith, though he died, "'he still speaks.'" Who seek him. This is our memory verse that I invited our families and individuals at Parker Ford to begin memorizing over the next few weeks at the first part of our service. Let me read that again. Notice that it's not just a belief in something that's unseen. It's that there's a seeking after him, a steadfast choosing to pursue him. Take up our cross and walk after him. It says, without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Verse 7, by faith Noah being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Skipping ahead to verse 32 of Hebrews 11, it says this, and what more shall we say? For time would fail me to talk of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah. Of David, Samuel, and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. All right, listen, faith is not just sitting in your hammock and having a quiet time. (laughs) Although that's often kind of the connotation we get of faith um, from popular devotional level understandings of faith. It's not just sitting alone and having a quiet time. That's That's a small component of what it means to have faith. Listen to what these people did through faith. Faith often requires action as we live our lives and walk out our faith in obedience. Through faith it says in verse 33, these people conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword were made strong out of weakness became mighty in war put foreign armies to flight verse 35 women received back their dead by resurrection some were tortured refusing to accept relief so that they might rise again to a better life others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment they were stoned they were sawn in two they were killed by the sword there's a cost to faith They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And this is the culmination of this beautiful passage, verse 39. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. And so what he's saying is part of their faith journey, all of these men and women who have gone before us, part of their faith journey is actually fulfilled in us today in the receiving of Christ and how we live out the kingdom here through Jesus Christ indwelling us and through what he's doing on earth today, bringing heaven to earth, making all things new, building his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And so faith, what is it? Faith is faithfulness. To God and God's faithfulness to us. It's reliability, his reliability and trustworthiness. It's loyalty or fidelity to our King and Messiah. It's belief in his word. It's a genuine personal commitment in him and it's a heartfelt trust and allegiance even bordering on love which is why faith and love are so tightly bound together in the New Testament. My favorite verse in the scriptures about faith is Galatians 2.20. Which says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith, by pistis, by steadfast believing, allegiance, and loyalty. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There's a lot of information for you to chew on today, but it's so good for us to explore this beautiful word, faith. As we conclude the teaching portion of today's service, I want to invite you to reflect on the following questions and maybe put some of this into application, into action in your own life. What is one of your favorite examples of stories of faith in the scriptures the writer of Hebrews just listed all of these beautiful examples, some of which we had to skip, like Abraham and Moses and the people of Israel coming out of Egypt. What's your favorite story of faith in the scriptures? And is faith, if faith is more than a mindless belief and has to do with our allegiance to God, how might the Lord be inviting you to grow in faith today? I invite you to reflect on these questions before joining us for today's benediction.
1: Please stand for the benediction, Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight Thank you so much for joining us today and go in God's peace and with his blessing. Thank you.